Hey, it's Ella and Daddy, and you're listening to the Not Me But You podcast, where our goal is to speak out the truth of the Bible so that our listeners may be encouraged to live in a manner worthy of their calling. Together, we pray that God would use this episode to strengthen and guide you on your faith journey. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another sin series. This should be number three of our sin series talking all about sin because sin is so much fun to do, but not fun to talk about. So we decided we would talk about it and you can have fun doing it. Just kidding. Well, Addie and I like to be difficult people and tackle difficult topics. And so sin is kind of difficult. So we're like, why not? Right. I mean, if it's too easy, we're like, yeah, that'd be too easy. Might as well make it hard. Mm -hmm. First podcast we ever did is what is the gospel, which should be essentially easy, but you're explaining like everything front to back. We took on a challenge there. It's harder than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Addie and I like a good challenge. We do. We like to be fun and dangerous. So, Sin Series, episode number three. We've spoken this before, said this before. We have no idea how many episodes are going to be in this. We don't really know. Not the best planners. No. Nope. What comes to us, God's going to give us, and it's going to be out here. Yeah. We Like we've said a million times, we're just trusting God. So, here we go. All right. Today's episode is more of an application style episode so in our previous two we kind of laid the groundwork of here's what sin is we did more definitions nitty-gritty stuff now we're jumping into the hey here's more commonly asked questions here's what we think about them here's what the bible says yada 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 jumping more into the the fun stuff (laughs) fun (laughs) dealing with your sin lots of fun i mean it has a lot of rewards that comes to it yeah might not be fun in the moment but like when we get to heaven i'm just like dang that was fun that that was worth it (laughs) right there yes hallelujah thank Uh, jesus i did that (laughs) i don't know if i'll ever describe dealing with my sin as fun but like addy said it's there's definitely rewards in the end and it's always worth it because god calls us to live holy lives so right so first off how does sin affect ourselves and other people? So we all know that sin has an effect, but I don't think we often take the time to sit down and be like, what is the effect of sin? Right. What is this doing to me? All of these questions. So what is it? What is it doing to us? Right. Well, like we've said in previous episodes, sin is very dangerous for us because it separates us from God. And especially as Christians, when you're struggling with a sin and you're not dealing with it or taking care of that sin, it quenches the Holy Spirit. And and this is really dangerous because the Holy Spirit is what helps us to understand spiritual truth. It helps us to read our Bibles and interpret it and listen to God, and it convicts us. The Holy Spirit is essential in our lives as Christians. And so when we are stuck in sin and we're not repenting, we're not dealing with it properly, That's when sin really affects us and is really dangerous for us. And especially just with Bible time too, like our Bible study can be really unfruitful when we aren't listening to the Holy Spirit and we're reading all these things, but we're not living them out. We're not taking these convictions to heart and we're not doing anything about the things we're reading. Right. We can be sitting in a certain area and then come to our Bible and read, oh, lying is wrong and be like, 
uh, I enjoy lying and mm-hmm. we don't really necessarily act upon that. We're not listening to that Holy Spirit. We're just pushing it down and saying, you know what? I enjoy my sin. I enjoy doing this. Right. And so we're not allowing that change to come about from it. And another thing that sin affects, which seems very obvious, but we don't always realize it, is just how messed up our world is. Right. I mean, without sin, there technically would not be earthquakes, uh, tornadoes, natural disasters, war, mass killings, blah, 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 um, pain in childbirth. Um, We also talked about, me and Ella, before this started, like the world and farming and how when sin came, there was like weeds and stuff. And it was like, and now we have like droughts. And I walked into your shop today to record and I asked your dad how he was. And he's like, oh, we need rain. And I'm like, sin, <laughs> result of sin, farmers have to deal with droughts. That's a good point, technically. <laughs> so there is this original sin that caused all this like our world used to be this paradise and it's no longer a paradise and we have all these little consequences of sin so people are like oh i don't understand what the consequences consequences of sin are and i'm like y'all we'd be living in a all-inclusive resort with everything handed (laughs) to us but now we got sin yeah (laughs) like why does god allow bad things to happen to these people like these innocent people were just swept away in a big flood and whatever well it's because of sin right so it's like what are the effects of it yeah a lot people (laughs) yeah um another thing that sin affects is just how we feel after we sin like we joked about like everyone feels good when they sin whatever we all enjoy it in that little instant like when you're eating sweets you enjoy it in the moment and then afterwards if you feel terrible Well, the same goes for our salvation. Like, sin really takes away the joy and the excitement that we feel from our salvation. Yeah, because when we turn to the flesh and we're fulfilling that, we're basically suppressing our need for the spirit and our spiritual need. Mm -hmm. So because of sin, um, we're being filled up from the world, and then we, we turn away from God. Right. And so it is that gap. It is that separation from God. We're fulfilling ourselves with one thing and creating a gap right and when we're feeling separated from God even though we never truly are separated from God if we have been saved we can't lose that salvation but when we feel that way as a result of sin a lot of times we turn to worldly things to feel that void and we're going to be stuck in that place of feeling separate from God feeling lost until we get things right with God and repent of that sin Right. And another thing adding to this list of how sin is affecting us is the more we sin, the more willing we are to do it. Yeah. So we sin once and then it's like, well, huh, that wasn't too bad. And we do it again. And it is that downward spiral Mm -hmm. into despair. Definitely. Hell. (laughs) 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 I mean, technically, yeah. (laughs) Technically, yeah. Every, Every sin leads to death, which is hell, but... Not if you rely on Jesus Christ for your salvation. Right. So technically, answering the question fully, how does sin affect us and other people? Well, you deserve hell now, (laughs) y'all. That's what sin did. (laughs) There you go. There's our very quick Addie Ella definition. Boom. How does sin affect us? Hell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on before we totally ruin this episode. So 
Like we have mentioned, sin has a huge effect on us. It hurts us, it hurts the world, it hurts other people. Sin is a big deal. So what do, what do we do now? Now that we know what a big deal it is, we need to confess that sin. And so we're going to talk a little bit about confession and repentance and what that really means. Right. So a lot of people think of confession. And one of the number one things I think of when I think of confession is the Catholic Church and standing in front of the priest and confessing your sins, which is essentially true. That is what the word confession means. So when I'm standing up in a court and I need to confess that I'm guilty, I do so. I state what was wrong, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. However confession does not mean that change has come. Mm. Repentance is that change. So I can confess that I speed, which I do. I'm confessing (laughs) that I do not always go 55. Sorry, y'all. However, repentance is that decision where I decide, you know what? It is a sin to go over the speed limit, which technically it is in Romans 13, one through two, you can go read that verse, but it's like everyone submit himself to governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. Basically, we need to listen to the government and Mm -hmm. the laws that are in place there. Side rant. However, so confession is that part saying, hey, I sinned because I speed. However, if I take no action upon that and every day I get in my car and I go three, four, five miles over the speed limit, all I did was confess there. Mm -hmm. There was no repentance in that. And repentance is the opposite. So it's, okay, I confessed it and then repentance happens and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to change this. It's that change of heart and that desire to make it right and to not speed anymore. Right. Repentance is what truly brings change to our lives as Christians. And so... Confession comes first. You need to realize and admit that what you've done is wrong. And then once you've confessed that, then repenting of it, turning away from the sins that we have confessed to God. In John 8, um, Jesus is talking to the adulterous woman. And in verse 11, he says, Go now and leave your life of sin. And so when Jesus tells her, Go, That's kind of like his release to her, like he forgives her, she's released from that sin, but then Jesus says, leave your life of sin. So Jesus tells us, not only have I forgiven you of that sin, I need you to leave that sin behind, turn from it, live a holy life, and um, just allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and sanctify you. Right, and I also want to make the point of, in that verse it said, Jesus was the one that said, leave that sin behind. Jesus was the one that provided forgiveness. He was the one that provided that sanctification. Mm -hmm. Often, I'm thinking of the Catholic Church here, but when we go to confession, we are confessing to a priest. However, I want to make it very clear that there's only one way to get forgiveness, and that is through God. Mm -hmm. God is the only person that can provide complete forgiveness. And a priest cannot offer that to you. Right. Um, The Bible also talks about confessing your sins to other people, which is good. And it definitely commands that. Like in James 5, uh, I think it's verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So God commands us to confess our sins to other people. However, we have to remember that, like it says in 1 John 1, 9, 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So first, my confession needs to be made to God. Mm -hmm. And healing and restoration can also come from confessing to people here on this earth. So I'm not saying that, no, you should never confess sin to people here on earth. But I do want to make the point of forgiveness only comes through God alone. It can never come through a priest or through telling someone else. It's through God and God alone. Right. A lot of times you'll hear Christians talking about horizontal and vertical forgiveness. So the horizontal forgiveness is the people around us. And so when you wrong a friend, a family member, whatever, it's important to seek out forgiveness from them and let them know that you realize that you are wrong and you are sorry. But vertical forgiveness between you and God is what truly frees you from that sin. That's what truly forgives you. Another thing I want to mention too is kind of with this whole repentance and confession thing, like if you were to find out you had a tumor or some sort of sickness, whatever, we don't just go, oh well, it'll all work itself out. I mean, maybe you would do that. I don't know. But there's some essential oils on it. You'll be fine. (laughs) But for 99% of the population, if someone were to find out that they had a tumor, they would get treatment. They would aggressively fight it. And so the same thing needs to go for our sin and our spiritual lives. Once the Holy Spirit convicts us and shows us that this sin is not okay, we're struggling with this, this is a problem, we can't just be like, oh well, God's got it, it's okay, I'm a sinful human being. Yes, God gives us grace, but we can't just take that for granted and continue to live in unrepentant sin. We need to aggressively fight it, ask God to help us turn from that sin, and to repent of that sin. Right, and normally the people that are doing that are the people that struggle with pride. They're, mm-hmm. it's, they're too prideful to admit, you know what, I was wrong. I messed up. I, I didn't do right there. And it's either a pride or the second one is it's ignorance. They just right. did not know that that was a sin. And I think that's increasingly becoming more of an issue as people walk away from the Bible. You know, Bible was in everything how long ago, and we're progressively moving away from it. And right. as we do that, there's going to be more ignorance where people mm-hmm. don't even know that they're sinning. So that that would be my two things. It's, you know, if they got that tumor and they're not willing to fight it or do anything, it's either pride. You know, they're going to overlook it and say, I don't have this issue. I don't have that. Or it's ignorance. They right. Literally, they're blind or something. Right. And that's why it's super important to have a good prayer life and be asking God to reveal these ignorant sins to you, reveal these areas in your life where you may be prideful, you may not realize that that's a sin, and just asking the Holy Spirit to convict you of that, and once you are convicted, to actually do something about that and to confess and repent of that. Right. And when we're looking at these tumors and stuff, sometimes these tumors can be habitual sin sin that we're like I've confessed this I've repented of this and I've had this desire to change from it but I can't I am so stuck in this Mm -hmm. and what do we do with that right well as we were working on the outline for this episode I was reading a lot of articles on habitual sin and a lot of them said that a lot of times for believers habitual sin is coming from a habit that 
you had before you were saved. And so this one thing you always did, always had a problem with before you were saved, and then you're saved and God is sanctifying you and making you holier, more like him. But there's just this habitual sin that you cannot get rid of. You can't seem to do anything with. And that may not necessarily be true for everyone who has a habitual sin in their life. Like, you know, this is a problem, but like, I was saved when I was little, so I didn't really have this problem before I was saved. But I just thought that was interesting that a lot of people say that habitual sin comes from habits before you were saved. And so a big thing with habitual sin is just being willing to give that up. Because like we've mentioned, everyone deep down enjoys the sin. And you might know that this sin is a problem. You've confessed it. You feel sorrowful about the sin. Like you want it gone. But you're just not quite willing to totally surrender that sin. In contrary to your point, I think habitual sin is... I don't want to say it's beautiful. That's not where I'm coming from. But it really makes us realize our need for God. Mm. Because it's like, you know, I've tried everything. I've literally done everything. I've asked for forgiveness. I've like done it all. And I cannot overcome it. And that is really where we get to stand there and say, look at the gift that God has provided. Right. Because I continually do this. And I, I can't get clean to this. Like, right. I can't. But look at what God has done, and there's such forgiveness in it. So I think knowing that we are sinners by nature helps free us from that. Right. So I'm not saying that you should stop overcoming habitual sin. That's definitely not what I'm doing. But it is going to be increasingly harder than a lot of other things. It shows our great need for God, and it definitely shows the beauty of the gospel in it. I also think about um, sanctification. So when struggling with habitual sin, it's important to remember that sanctification is a slow upward process. So when you're struggling with this habitual sin and something you go through a lot, we often are like, I don't understand why I couldn't just quit tomorrow and just stop. Like I've repented of it. I've asked for forgiveness. Why do I keep doing it? Well, sometimes sanctification looks like a little less than yesterday. Mm -hmm. And that is awesome because that is still becoming more like Christ. And it is that slow process. And when we get caught up in that trap of, well, I'm not good enough because boom. I'm not good enough because boom. Well, we're not seeing the work that God truly is doing. And right. it is that slow process. Habitual sin, it's it's really hard to deal with. I think we both know from experience and like I know for myself, I, I think it was a year ago, there's a habitual sin that I struggled with for a long time. And I was convinced that like I was done with it. I had moved on. Like... God, I had repented of it, and, you know, I was done. Like, God had totally freed me from that sin in my life. And then a year later, fast forward, I fell back into that, and I was like, are you kidding me? I thought I was done with this. And it's so hard because you feel so hopeless, and it truly is impossible for us to fight this off on our own, and it really shows our need for the gospel and for salvation through Jesus Christ, because I don't know about you guys, but I cannot do it on my own. It is really hard. (laughs) It's like sinking in an ocean without, like, a life jacket. (laughs) God's like, here's a life jacket. It's like, thanks, I need that. I'm getting tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But another tip for overcoming habitual sin is just prayer. And 
asking God to help you out of this, totally relying on him. And when you are tempted in that moment, just pray, pray about it. Because there's nothing else that's going to pull you out of the habitual sin other than God. And so I can't think of any way better to fight that off than just totally relying on God and talking to him about it. Right, and coming to him for that. Mm -hmm. Another thing kind of with habitual sin and just all sin in general is how do we learn to hate it? You know, I know I do it, but sometimes I like it. And so, yes, I know it's bad for me, but how do I learn to hate this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because as Christians, we are told over and over in the Bible that we need to hate sin like God hates sin. But it's really hard for us to do when our human flesh sinful nature is to sin. Right, and in Romans 12, verse 9, it says, hate what is evil, cling to good. So the Bible's like, boom, don't do this. Hate the sin. But it's like, how do I hate something I like? Like, the Bible (laughs) tells me I shouldn't like this chocolate, but I really like chocolate because it's bad for me. Well, how do we do this? And the more we get to know God and the more we draw close to him, the more we will learn to hate sin. Mm Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, when we were listing off all the effects of sin and how it affects us, the more we see those effects in action, so either witnessing them firsthand or reading about them in the Bible, the more we begin to hate it because we're like, wow, this is not a good thing. Like, this is awful for me. And it makes me think about like a diet and, okay, I shouldn't say diet. It makes me think (laughs) about a healthy lifestyle where it's like, man, I really love chocolate chip cookies and I'd eat them for every meal. But when we begin to see the effects that it's having on our body and we see that firsthand and we're going more towards a healthy lifestyle, we start making those changes because Mm -hmm. we know it's better for us. And that's the same thing with sin. Like it's going to be a slow process. Yes. But how do we learn to hate it? Well, we start learning what's good for us. And then in return, we're going to start hating what's bad for us. Right. Well, like Addie said, the more we get to know God and his character and just come closer to him, the more we're naturally going to want to hate sin because there is nothing that has anything to do with sin in any part of God's character. It's the antithesis of who he is. And so getting closer to God, praying, being in your Bible, and listening to the Holy Spirit, it's going to become easier and easier to hate sin in your life. Right. And secondly, the second thing of how can we hate sin is, are we considering eternity? Because mm-hmm. I know I often do not. There's days when I wake up and I, I am so world-focused and not eternity-focused that I'm just, I'm chasing after and running after the wrong thing. But when I'm eternity focused, meaning I don't really care about what's happening here in this world. Like I'm so focused on heaven and people around me. Like when I'm doing that, I'm learning to hate sin because I'm like, this is bad for me. I, I don't need this here in this world. I don't need this. I do not need the approval of people. I don't need the sin to get the approval of people because I'm have my focus on eternity rather than this earth and so when I lose that focus yeah so speaking of losing focus you guys our batteries just died while we were recording that so we kind of lost all train of thought and we're just praying that God cut us off at a point where he decided we needed to be done so we're just gonna go ahead and end this episode now right we it died we had a little lunch break Went and found some AA batteries, and we're back, and we're (laughs) like, yeah, not quite sure what we were doing there. No, 
But, but you know, with our whole motto with this podcast, we're just trusting God. So God decided the episode needed to end. So, yep, he's like, boom, it's over. So we will allow God to use it as he sees fit. And we know that he will do just that because he is faithful. Thank you for listening to three-fourths of our podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you come back next week for hopefully a full episode. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. As always, we'd like to remind our listeners that we're born into a broken world. With that being said, we're not perfect, and we ask our supporters to always fact check our words and opinions on the one and only truth of the Bible. We would absolutely love to hear your episode suggestions or feedback. Check us out on Instagram by typing not me but you productions into the search bar. Thanks again for the love and support.